G'day there, and welcome to episode two of Journey on the GAN. I'm Michael Turtle from the travel blog Time Travel Turtle. In this podcast series, I'm taking you on the 3,000 kilometer trip from Darwin to Adelaide on board the luxury train, the GAN. It's one of the most iconic Australian journeys, and it stops along the way at some spectacular locations. In this episode, you'll come with me to one of them, Nipmaluk Gorge, near Catherine in the Northern Territory. Right, so it's only been a few hours since we got on the train in Darwin, and we've already come to a stop at a small station in Catherine. Uh, it looks like it's time to get off. Thank you. We'll Where are we? In a few hours. We're in Catherine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then we're straight onto a bus, apparently, for the transfer to Nipmaluk Gorge, which is about 30 minutes' drive away. There are bats in the trees greeting us as we arrive, I like to think. I'm also listening out for the sound of cicadas. In the local indigenous language, Nipmaluk means place of the cicada dreaming. So I'm pretty sure there are going to be a lot here somewhere. The national park we're in now is really large, and I'll come to that shortly. But first, we're heading straight down to the boats on the water for the cruise. Although this place is called Nipmaluk Gorge, singular, it's actually a series of gorges, and today we're going to be seeing just two of them. Um, first of all, welcome Nipmaluk National Park and to going country. What we'll be doing today is the two gorge cruise. Now with the two gorge cruise, it means two separate boat rides and a walk in between the boat rides. Make sense? Yeah. Right. Uh, On each side of the water you can see sheer sandstone cliffs. They're bright orange in the afternoon sun at the moment. There's a sprinkling of green trees on the top and more down by the water's edge. The water itself looks dark and deep, perhaps with crocodiles. But don't worry, they're only harmless freshwater ones at this time of the year. This is a very special place for the local indigenous people called the Jarwin people. Although it's hard to know for sure, it's claimed that the Jarwin are the oldest living culture in the world that they've been around for about 50,000 years. They have their own stories about Nipmaluk Gorge and they've been passed down for countless generations. As Bolong was coming through, a rock popped up in front of him, blocked his way. So Bolong was like, nah, I'm going through this thing. So he came through carving out the gorge. Tyrus, our guide, is now passing down the story to us. As he rested, pretty much fell off to sleep wall off the cave bat, so well, this is my opportunity to get some water. So he ended up spearing Nabal. The spear went all the way through, piecing the ditty bag. The water flowed out of the ditty bag, filling up the gorge. Tyrus is Jarwin through his grandfather's side. He pulls up the boat to the shore at the end of the first gorge, and we all get off to walk over the rocks for about 10 minutes to the next gorge. The two of us get chatting and I ask what he thinks is so important about Nipmaluk Gorge. Well there's a lot of things pretty much there. Uh, the escarpment, the life itself, pretty much the energy coming through here. When, yeah. you, when you say the energy, what do you mean? A spiritual energy more of a way, yeah. yeah. You know like when somebody tells you about somebody well, they say somebody died in this house and then you feel that energy. It's more like here where you can feel the Jowing, or pretty much the Jowing people, the old Jowing people are still walking, roaming around. 
So for you personally, does it have a special significance here? Pretty much, yeah. Like every day, like it doesn't bother me waking up in the morning, coming to work on my country, yeah, because it just feels right to do it. Yeah, because you got some indigenous people now they're, they're shy to work on their own country. Yeah. And why why do you feel differently about that then? Pretty much um, feeling feeling the way I feel now just coming to work on my country. No feeling to it unless unless uh, your partner has a kid, and it's just the same feeling of that, yeah. Yeah. like knowing that you're going to look after another another life. Yeah. Nimala Gorge was once known as Catherine Gorge, and in fact, quite a few people still call it that. But the new name recognises the indigenous history of the site, in the same way that we now say Uluru rather than Ayers Rock. The name also recognises indigenous ownership, and this is really important for this national park. In 1989, the Jarwin people won their land claim for the area, and they became the official owners of the park. They then immediately leased it back to the government so it could be used for tourism and stuff like that, but the authorities and the indigenous owners manage it together. What you have to realise is that at the time, this was a really unusual outcome, but what happened here at Nipmaluk became the benchmark for similar arrangements all across the country. Walking along, listening to the birds in the trees, I can actually get a bit of a sense of the energy here. I think about what Tyrus has said, about feeling like the ancient Jarwin people are still here. They probably used this spot for tens of thousands of years. It was just pretty much uh, a spot where they can relax, where they could uh, not be in too much rush, not trying to walk around pretty much trying to get themselves killed by chasing something else to kill. Yeah. Yeah. So with this little spot here is just more relaxing in a way. So it's more like a little uh, man cave for them. Yeah, <laughs> well, not, out in, not, not, not in an actual cave, just out and about, yeah. yeah. If we were standing here 500 years ago, what would we be seeing? What would the, the local people be using this land for? For where we're walking through now? Yeah. Pretty much use this as a fishing spot. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you've got two, like, two potholes, so pretty much two creeks. Then you've got two main rivers on, the, on either side, so... In the wet season, you got plenty of fish coming through here and getting stuck in these rock holes. Uh, and then all over the place, like all over, you can see up on top of the escarpment, next to the escarpment, on the cliff face, food everywhere. Now that large cliff face is known as Jeddah's Leap. Can you guys familiar with a movie called Jeddah? Yeah. Where I see a rock escarpment, Tyrus sees a wall of history. Where I see a gum, he sees a family tree. Where I see a site, he sees his story. We're lucky that he's happy to share it. And it's really interesting when he points out things and explains them as we cruise along. Now, kingship and moiety just pretty much means uh, skin names. Having skin names, it's like pretty much being family without being blood related at all. What do you sort of point out? You know, what are some of the, the special things that you say, look, let me tell you about this bit or that bit? Uh, for me, it's the land claim. Uh, when they got the land, pretty much went for the land claim, they got rejected. So they ended up getting 52 tribes to come through and show 
everybody in the government that this was Jawan land, and it only took them 11 years. Well, that's a long time, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 11 years is pretty much a good good year to like good years to show everybody what the Jawan people are capable of, mm. and that's where uh, the whole cultural tour started off from, because you had 52 people of 52 clans taken out probably a hundred and some government people through this country showing them what they survived off and what they used. Uh, so with me doing the same thing what they did before, like when they first got the land back, it's just, yeah, uplifting. I noticed on the on the tour you like to crack a few jokes. Um, yep. I guess that's part of the experience, isn't it? Sort of giving people here uh, not just information, but an enjoyable experience. I'd, I'd like to think all your jokes are, you know, one-offs, but <laughs> tell me a bit about all of that. I'll put in a joke, and you know, it's, it's more like showing people that you got a sense of humour. Well, especially with me being Indigenous, some people think that uh, Indigenous people don't have sensitive, like, pretty much, uh, what do you call it, sense of humour. Yeah. So. With me showing everybody else that indigenous, some indigenous people do have sense of humours. That's why I crack up a few jokes every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, make them laugh and whatnot, but then, yeah. Then cut the, like, funny bits off and just talk about the serious stuff. And, yeah. Alright now guys, uh, we'll be coming into this mooring point pretty soon. So, uh, watch your arms and elbows on both sides of the boat and expect a bit of a bump coming in. After almost two hours, we're coming back to where we started. It seems the bats are still screeching in the trees. I've got a bit of time before the bus leaves, so I'm heading up to the visitor's centre to meet up with Carly Peart, who is the operations manager. I'm curious to find out what else there is to do in the National Park, which is actually about 300,000 hectares in size. Yeah, obviously recommend seeing the gorge itself. Um, so we offer boat cruises, um, and they range from a two-gorge to a three-gorge experience. Um, we offer canoeing, and that's from a second gorge um, onwards. You can do overnight canoe hire as well, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, we do also offer helicopter flights, and obviously all the walking tracks in the area, so there is um, quite a number of those as well. So I'm looking out here at it at the moment, and I mean, it's, it's stunning, but for people who, who can't see it in their mind's eye, how do you describe the land here. What are the sort of the special things? Okay, so it's, it is an absolutely amazing office. Um, it's gorgeous, we like to call it, obviously. Uh, it's spectacular, absolutely magnificent. The sandstone country, you know, in sunrise, you're looking at, um, you can see all the white ochre in the sandstone and, and on sunset, um, you know, the colour change to the, the sort of deep red and red ochre is absolutely stunning, beautiful. Yep. And it obviously is naturally beautiful, but it's also got a lot of a lot of history and, and a lot of culture that still exists today. How how important is that compared to just some pretty scenery? Would you say? Um, it's a very ancient um, place and escarpment. It is Jawan land, obviously, and that is um, the oldest living culture in the world. So to have that, um, you know, to be a part of that. It's, it's ancient, it's beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, yeah. This is what I've come to realise out here today. I thought it would be just about the scenery, but it's actually the culture that's more interesting. Hearing Tyrus tell his stories, well, that's probably been the highlight. And Carly knows that's the case, 
and that understanding more is a real focus for tourists. So we have um, you know, a, lot, a huge cultural aspect to our cruises, so that is actually one of the tours that we do. It is a small boat, so it is a lot more intimate, and it's done with um, the Joan people as well, so they are the interpretive guides on there, so you do get to do sort of the basket weaving or spear throwing or painting. Um, so yeah, it is very interactive. So the Jowan, you know, obviously, you know, one of their biggest thing is sharing their country. So that's yeah, what they're actively doing every day. <laughs> There's a lot of country to share, but it's time now for me to head back to the GAN, which is waiting at Catherine train station to head off. The sun is starting to go down, and we've got a long night of travel ahead of us. It'll be my first night on board, which means my first dinner and my first night trying the bed. I'm curious to see how everything works on board. And of course, once I've found out, I'll be sure to tell you all about it. Next episode, how do you manage to keep a train with 300 passengers going 3,000 kilometers through the desert, running smoothly for four days? I'll be investigating what it takes to run the GAN and make sure passengers like me don't see all the work that goes on behind the scenes. So I'm virtually the, the mayor of the train, uh, going from one end to the other, uh, try and visit all the sections, so all our gold service sections and our platinum service section. Make sure the guests are happy there and uh, make sure everything's going smoothly. Your look at the inner workings is coming up on the next episode of Journey on the GAN. In the meantime, it would be great if you could subscribe and review the podcast and share it with anyone you think might enjoy a trip like this too. I'm Michael Turtle from the Travel Blog, Time Travel Turtle. Speak to you soon.